and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you, members and attenders and friends and family of Sacred City Church and anybody else who listens to our podcast. It's just about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. I got all the guys with me on the podcast. Guys, you want to say hi? Yeah, this is Rob Spikestra, Pastor of Discipleship. Kevin Knorr, I guess not, not exactly pastoral assistant. That's it. Okay, we'll talk about that. Go ahead. <laughs> Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. All Let's right. So before we get into this, since uh, Kevin just uh, made that announcement there, uh, Kevin is transitioning roles. So Kevin has uh, got his master's in biblical counseling, and his desire is to become a counselor, biblical counselor. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to move Kevin around and um, get him in a staff position that would maximize his effectiveness and his gifts that the Lord's given him. And he is um, gifted in counseling. And so he's going to transition out of my pastoral assistant role, and he's going to transition into biblical counselor. So we're going to have Kevin on staff to be able to serve our church in a greater capacity for counseling. So if you need counseling, you can reach out. Kevin, what's your email? Kevin at sacredcitychurch.com. All right, it's an easy one. Well, the Sacred City Church part is kind of long, but uh, anyways. So <laughs> e- you can up. email Kevin at sacredcitychurch.com. MC leaders, if you got counseling that you need to, um, you know, you want to delegate to Kevin, he would love to help you in that. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a designated counseling office at the uh, new building that we're, my wife is is currently designing right now. Mm-hmm. Carpet, by the mm-hmm. way, carpet is in, trim yes, is in this right. room, so... Um, it will be ready within the next couple weeks. And so he'll have a spot to counsel. And uh, if you guys need counseling, marriage counseling, you know, teenage counseling, counseling with somebody in your missional community, Kevin is the man that can handle that. And um, I actually hired a much, uh, uh, what do I, how do I say this? Far superior. A far superior. <laughs> Amen. Uh, more beautiful, smart. Do I, can I say smarter? Yeah, 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 and yet much shorter pastoral <laughs> assistant, and that is Trevay Kanor. Mm-hmm. So Kevin's wife, Kevin's wife is going to be seven in to be my pastoral assistant. So we're excited about that, and uh, that's something that we're in the works of right now. So, wow, you got a little update on the podcast before we get into our topic today. What I want to talk about today is I want to talk about um, just introductory level mm-hmm. how to study the Bible on your own, all right? Now, I say on your own, but you're never really studying the Bible on your own unless you can read Koine Greek, you know, and, and Hebrew. If you can't do that, then you are studying with some, let's just say some some counselors. You're, you're studying with some scholars who have interpreted the word for you already. If you've got a, a Bible, you know, you've got an ESV Bible, there's scholars that have interpreted some words for you, um, I would encourage everyone to have an ESV study Bible at bare minimum, have an ESV study Bible where, um, when you get some troubling passage, you can look down and it's got some, it's got some notes for you. So we're, we're never completely studying on our own. And also we have the Holy spirit that's helping lead our interpretation, but there are some, let's just say practical and simple, um, tools to help us study a, passage of scripture. Yeah. Okay. We could talk about studying a whole book, chapter, just a section of scripture, whatever it is, but we want to talk about some of those really simple, uh, practical ways to study the Bible. And as we get into this, I would differentiate between like your devotional reading and Bible study. Now, sometimes your mm-hmm. devotional reading can end up becoming mm-hmm. a Bible study, but a devotional reading, um, I very rarely study when I'm reading the Bible devotionally. I read the Bible every single morning. I read approximately four chapters a day, Old Testament, a Psalm, a Proverb, and a New Testament chapter. And I'm just reading it to be faithful to the Lord. I'm reading it, becoming available to the Lord. If he wants to speak to me through something, he'll spark my imagination. He usually gives me some encouragement, but I don't really study. Mm-hmm. I just highlight and read and, and kind of hope something jumps off the page. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I, right. That's yeah. kind of what I do. Yeah. Right. But occasionally I'll circle a scripture or I'll write, put something in my notes and I'm like, ooh, I want to I I study that later. And so every Christian should be reading the Bible and every Christian should be studying the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, and they should be able to study the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we want to give 
a very simple tool that, that I have been to, I've been told and taught. This is called the Oika Bible study method. Okay. Oika Bible study. So Oika, O-I-C-A, right? And it's, it's, I'll just name it real quick and then we'll break it down. Mm-hmm. It's observation, it's interpretation, it's context, and it's application. Pretty simple um, rubric mm-hmm. of, of studying the scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Before we jump into the topic, guys, do you guys have anything off the top of your head that you wanted to say or have you any questions or anything like that when it comes to studying the Bible? Yeah, I, I think I would say the reason why it's so important in sense of uh, for our every one of us who are claiming Christ is that we, we I, I remember a professor telling me we don't want regurgitated food all the time. You know, there's those, those, those birds out there that will chew up the food for their young and then they'll kind of, you know, let the young eat it, you know, throw it up or whatever you call it and, and then eat it. Uh, it's that, that's, that's good for, for a while, yeah. <laughs> but eventually they, the bird has to learn to eat on their own. Mm-hmm. And so in the same way, we need people who are not uh, absolutely dependent upon another teacher for them to learn the Bible. They need to begin to learn the Bible for themselves and, mm-hmm. and to really feed off of it for them for themselves. God intended it for every believer to be able to eat the Word of God mm-hmm. and yeah. get you know really some good truth and principles out of it. And I think even too before you um, we jump into like breaking down how the orca is that uh, making sure that you may have a, a notebook, mm-hmm. making sure you have a highlighter, making sure you have a pen, but even like a, a little journal. So just in case random thoughts pop up, like I got to get groceries or I got to get my son pants that he just randomly texts me and he needs them for a concert tonight. <laughs> like, you can you can randomly put all those things down mm-hmm. so that you can stay focused in God's word mm-hmm. and just also just making sure you're, you're praying before you jump into God's Yeah, word. I think a, another podcast, follow-up podcast would be um, just setting up the context, mm-hmm. yeah. setting up the context of, st- of Bible study. Like, mm-hmm. what do you, what are your tools? What is it? What is what kind of environment are you in? Yeah. We can we can do that uh, as a further further podcast. Yeah, that, that's a funny thing that you say there, though, because I, I can relate to that. Where I'll be even in my devotions, I'll, I have to have something next to me because yeah, yeah. my mind is going all over the place. Mm-hmm. Or studying the Bible, the yeah. same thing. And until I get those off my mind and mm-hmm. onto another piece of paper, you go yeah. think about it the whole Bible <laughs> yeah, study. Yeah, you ain't yeah, getting yeah, none from the Bible that right, day. That's right. <laughs> well. It's because typically we're in a quiet spot. We've yeah. settled ourselves, and then we don't. Usually, if you're in the car, you got music playing, you got podcast playing, you've got all this stuff mm-hmm. going on. But when you sit down to study the Bible, hopefully, it's a relatively quiet spot. Your soul has space, mm-hmm. and so your brain is going to mm-hmm. remind you of all the things that you forgot <laughs> and all the things that you need to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, you need to have a to-do list to get it out of your brain <laughs> and to get that stuff out of there, so your brain can. Okay, you're taking care of it. Your brain knows you're going to take care of it. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So before, since this is an introductory, before we talk about how. To study scripture, maybe it'd be important. Why? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a good question. Why do we study scripture? Yeah, and I probably was starting to lead into that in the sense of uh, each one of us, God has gifted in mm. the sense if you have Christ in you, really the Holy Spirit's the one who's residing within us to teach us the mm. Word of God. That we have the capacity or God expects that in the sense of he's given us that privilege. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly uh, is, is one of the reasons why we should just do it just because God has enabled us to do yeah. it through the Holy Spirit. So the Bible is a complex book, mm-hmm. okay? It's got, one in one sense, it's got a simple storyline. We all know that, or not, we don't all know this, but you could say creation, fall, redemption, and restoration, yep. right, or consummation. <clears throat> that's, that's relatively simple. And yet we're commanded not to stay on the surface and stay mm-hmm. on the, the the simple interpretation. Mm-hmm. We're, we're commanded to go deeper mm-hmm. and, and eat the meat of the Word of God, right? Mm-hmm. Not just to, to drink the mother's milk of the Word of God, but right. to go to deeper things and, and study it. And so there's going to be a lot of goodness on the surface of the Scripture. So just think of if you're, if you're in Africa... And you're 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 walking around and, and you, you know you're finding rocks on the surface, right? Mm-hmm. There's you can find some interesting things potentially. You mm-hmm. can find some really nice things, but the gold is down deep. Mm-hmm. The diamonds you gotta you gotta mine down to get the diamonds, and that's the way the word of God is. The deeper you study, the more diamonds you find, mm-hmm. and the more gold you find. Mm-hmm. It's much of it, its treasures are found when you're contemplating it, when you're praying through it, when you're reading it, when you're studying it. And the most fascinating part of scripture is it just never stops yielding 
riches and yeah. diamonds. Yeah. And I've there's been passages that I've preached five or six times, and when I go to study, something new yeah. pops out. It's wild because you got to do the digging, you know, it's wild that you said that because I had a, a sermon that I, I preached on last night. It's like, do you want to dig to the goodness of God or do you want to shop at the gift shop? Mm. And when you're shopping at the gift shop, you're only picking up what you hear from other people. But when you really Ooh. do the digging, that's when the goodness comes out, you know, good so that's, analogy. That's so good. I love it. Yep. That's yeah. a good one. That's yeah. a good one. And so that's why we study. We study. Well, one, if you're a, a Christian we're and you're, if you're, we're called to be, to, to, to study and to be workmen. Yeah. Right, yeah. rightly dividing the word of truth, and so that's what we want to do. We want to be miners of God's word. Mm, let's go. Right, yes, going deep. Yeah. And so this can be done literally. You can do this. Some of this this process can take you fifteen minutes, or it can take you two hours. You know, or it can take you all day. It can take you weeks. Depends on how deep, what your context is, or what your content. What what? I'm sorry, uh, my brain isn't working right now. <laughs> what your um, topic is let's say yeah. that if it's a topic or is it a verse or is it a chapter is it a theme yeah. what you can study the bible in many different ways mm -hmm. but what we're going to talk about today is just an overall um rubric for how to study a passage of scripture yeah okay and uh so you got your bible i'm going to say you got your esv study bible you sit down and you're ready to study what do you do mm. all right so we started with, with O, and that's observe the text, okay? What does that mean? Yeah, that means we're intentionally engaging Scripture, right? We're starting to ask good questions about what we're reading. Okay, so step one, read. Yeah. You read the passage. Step two, read it again. Yeah. <laughs> and step three, read it again. Yeah. Cursory reading is one thing. Here's what happens in the cursory reading. You hear all the things that you already know to be true. Mm -hmm. All the preacher's statements that you've heard on it, all the Bible studies you've heard on mm -hmm. it. Step one, that's the level you go. Step two, as you're observing the text, you start looking for um, anything that jumps off the page at you, mm -hmm. yeah. right. right? Anything, and I, this is where I use micron markers and I use highlighters and I start underlining in different colors, circling words, questioning mark, writing a question mark. You know you can do that in your own Bible, right? Yeah. You what? can yeah, you can write in your own Bible. I just start under like, okay, if the word faith is used three times mm -hmm. in four verses, right, oh, yeah. then I'm probably picking up on an mm -hmm. authorial intent. I'm probably picking up on the author's intent, what yeah. what the point he was getting at. If there's words in there that don't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. I got to highlight those so mm -hmm. I can Google them or I can, you know, go look them up somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, and so observing the text is reading, reading and reading. And then you start, eventually you start asking questions of the text. Yeah. Right. And what are some, what are some of those questions? Like who's actually writing it? Okay. Mm -hmm. Where Who, are they at? Yeah. Who's writing the text? Where are they at? Now, if you're in the middle of a chapter of a book, and you just randomly pick this, you need to, you'll probably have to go back to the very beginning of that book and see chapter one, mm -hmm. who's the author, yeah. right? Who is he writing to? Mm -hmm. Is it Paul writing to the church in Ephesians, right? In mm -hmm. Ephesians, okay. <clears throat> the church of Ephesians, okay, that's, that's Paul then is writing to Christians mm -hmm. in Ephesus, okay? So you can answer that. That, that will help you uncover some of those diamonds yeah. that, that's going on there, right? Mm -hmm. what, what are some other questions? Well, I think the question that you were you were even getting at in terms of highlighting is is what. So you're mm -hmm. looking at some of the just what's being said here. So again, uh, as you identified, repeatable words, obviously is going to be something. There's must, some kind of a theme here that he is wanting to get across. So what uh, we'll, we'll gather that. What will uh, be, you know just. Can we get can we get this deep? I don't know grammatically in the sense of first person, second person, or third person. Meaning, mm -hmm. you know, is it a first person or is it is it is it mm -hmm. two people or is mm -hmm. it is a third person kind of a kind of a feel to it? I mean, just those kind of observations about what is being said. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when you when you talk about reading over and over again, one of the um, perhaps is what you had in your your own seminary background, but. Uh, we had a class that when they were just teaching us this was that our professor said, come in, bring in 25 observations mm -hmm. on this particular passage. I think you all know where I'm going with this, right? Yep. So we did that. We brought it in. And then that next, then that's the same day. He said, okay, next tomorrow, I want you to bring in 25 more observations. Mm -hmm. So we're like, what? 25 ones, more right? observations? 
Brian those 25 more observations the next day. Then the third day, he had us do the same thing, 25 more observations about the text itself. Wow. No, what he was trying to really drill into us is that if you take the time and really repeat and kind mm -hmm. of read and read and read, reread, you'll begin seeing things that you hadn't even thought that, that you'd seen before. So yeah. it's that, it's that yeah. idea. Um, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, when I was preaching through John, and there was the statement that, that John writes is many believed, so many believed in his name when they saw the signs, but Jesus did not entrust himself to them mm -hmm. because he knew what was in man. Because mm -hmm. he knew man, he knew what was in the heart of man. And when I, so this is going a little bit deeper, but the word for believe or trust in the Bible is the same. And so it can be translated believe or it can be translated trust. Mm -hmm. So in the original language, it was many trusted in Jesus, but Jesus didn't entrust himself to them. And so you can see the author there purposefully trying to make a connection between two concepts or right. two types of faith. Yeah. The many people had a certain type of faith in Jesus that was connected to them seeing signs, but Jesus didn't have faith in them because mm -hmm. he knew what was in their heart. Mm -hmm. He knew what was in man. Yeah. And so when you start digging and you start finding those connecting words or those connecting phrases, it's really just grammar, but you've got to get into the weeds a little bit and study to see that. Now, sometimes you can see it plain as day, yeah. you know, but sometimes it, it requires a little unearthing mm -hmm. yeah, to get, yeah. to get to those, those points. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So when we're in the obs observation, um, part of the Bible study, we are just engaging the text. We're reading the text. We're, and then we start asking good questions of it. Um, what is this about? Mm -hmm. Why is the author writing this? Like, what's the point? Is he, is he answering specific questions that were asked earlier? Mm -hmm. Now, there's sometimes it gets a little confusing because like in Corinthians, Corinthians is a letter. Well, actually, <laughs> we call it 1 Corinthians, but there was actually a letter before 1 Corinthians. Mm -hmm. Because Paul references in my earlier letter, and, and he's and, he, and he's answering questions that we don't even know right. what we're, we're being asked. What we're yeah. asked, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, but you can build out from his answers. You can kind of build build out an idea mm -hmm. of what those questions yeah. were. Right. You know. Right. Um, yeah. You know. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. I follow. And he's like, and they're asking him, "Well, I got baptized with this guy. Well, I got baptized." And Paul's like, "That doesn't matter. I wish I didn't baptize any of you guys. Like that's, you know." He's like. We follow Christ, that this is what mm -hmm. ultimately matters. So you can sometimes see in the text his the maybe the author's answers, and then you can say, hmm, what kind of question would have spurred on mm -hmm. this answer? Mm -hmm. yeah. you know? Another thing to be considering within this uh, observation is what kind of um, writing are we dealing with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's good. Obviously, if you're you're the Psalms, that's a poetic section. You got the Proverbs. That's obviously a wisdom section. You know, it's it's uh, we're going to be we're going to be looking at these things differently depending upon what kind of uh, what kind of text we're we're working with. Yeah. I don't want to use that word genre, but that's the word I'm using. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. That's what it is. But yeah. yeah. So as we're looking at the the who, what, where, and then of course, like, do you see Jesus in the text? Um, what do we say to the people that are like, this is actually written to me? Well, I, I think it, you want to be careful not to go too quickly to ourselves okay. just yet. And that's mm -hmm. one of the mistakes that I, th I do see in terms of Bible study where there is, uh, we, we, all come, we all come bringing ourselves to that text mm -hmm. yeah. and we come bringing maybe some things that are hard on our heart mm -hmm. and we're, just, we're wanting answers. And mm -hmm. so it's tempting to want to f interpret the text to answer our particular situation. Now yeah. it may be there in the text, mm -hmm. but there's a temptation that we might want to change the meaning of the text, not intentionally, but just want to kind of twist it a little bit to, to confirm what we hope is true <laughs> that we want to hear. So we got to be careful we don't go too quickly because that's really an application. you know. Because I am David and my wife is Goliath. And so the Lord is, no, see, right. Right. that's, that's what I'm saying. Because a lot of people actually do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know they do. They do. They read it. I'm David. I got, I got to defeat this. this. Yeah. And, and there's, there's, you could find a lesson there and you could find a principle there, but 
you're 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 uh, short circuiting hmm. your Bible study if that's what you're doing. Right. Okay, you've got to do the real hard work to yes. get to the author's original intent before you can make that application to yourself. Yeah. Okay, so you got to make sure that you're actually understanding what the author was intending to write before you just jump to what you think is application. Mm -hmm. Okay. Application is on the back end after yep. you've done all the hard work. Oh, yep. That's yep. good. That's yep. good. That's good. <clears throat> so in one sense, studying the Bible, this is this is the natural side of things. Studying the Bible isn't much different on the front end than studying any written text. Yeah, that's right. So if you're studying, you know, if you, if you so that that's why like literary scholars like C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and these guys, you know, are, are pretty good at, you know, reading the Bible mm -hmm. because they understand how words work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And many of us, especially in this day and age, we don't read very often. We're so quick to go to the movie version of something or, or watch things or listen to things that we're just not great with words. Yeah. And we, that's a problem. Like in worse with Snapchat, There's, they don't that, even that's have that's that's a problem. We have got to get better with words because, mm -hmm. in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus is the word, and he is the ex exact imprint of God's nature. Um, but we have to be able to be good with words. We, he God's revealed Himself to us in words, and words work or in, uh, words are meant to work in a very specific direction. Yeah. Words are meant to have a understandable, um, like definition, like that word means this. It doesn't mean that. Mm -hmm. Right. So we have to understand how words work. Mm -hmm. And we also have to understand that words can some, uh, sometimes morph and change their definitions over time. Yeah. And so if here's a very funny example, uh, man, I was about to use an, an example from like a decade ago. Yeah. It would have dated me, but, uh, I'll just use it anyways because it's it's terrible. But like ten years ago, people were, like one thing that people were saying is, "Oh man, that's fat. Mm. Like oh. that's fat. Mm. Like remember the P H A T yeah, fat, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, fat we hard. all know we all know what F A T means, right? F A F A T means you're overweight. Blah blah blah. But P H A T means something different, right? right. So, and but when you just say it, you yeah. you, you got to know the context, right? You yeah. got to yeah. know what does he mean when he says that, mm -hmm. right? And same thing, words morph and change, and so. We have to understand what that word meant when he originally wrote it, mm -hmm. if it's a New Testament, roughly 2,000 years mm -hmm. ago. Yeah, a, a good example would be inspiration. So one of the things that we talked about, why should we study God's word? Because it's inspired. Well, what does that mean? Well, in our day, we'd say, oh, it just makes me feel great about myself. It's inspiring, or it's been inspired in that regard, but that's not what it's reference to. It's a reference to God breathed. It's actually from the from God himself. Um, yeah. yeah, and God breathed it through a person. Right. So, and which is one of the most fascinating um, facets of Scripture, mm -hmm. is that every writer is divinely inspired and yet God inspires his word to be written through that author's mm -hmm. personality. Mm -hmm. yeah. So John writes differently than Mark, yeah. right? Mark is super economical. Mark is get to the point. Mark is minimal words as possible, just facts, 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 yeah. facts. And John is lyrical and poetic. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he, he's just a more beautiful writer, yeah. right? He's right. more ornamental, beautiful writer. So we've got to understand like this author's personality. You get down in a book, you start understanding that author's personality and that, and God inspired in the midst of it, right? Through it. Okay. <clears throat> and then, um, Kevin, you've got down on your notes here that implication, what, what did you mean by implication? Yeah. Um, what, what things does that passage point towards in the modern day? Right? So, Rob mentions the need to be um, need to be cautious that we're not reading ourselves into the text necessarily, but if you have a passage on worship, right? What 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 does this passage on worship? How does that inform how right. I might respond? Yeah. So he's talking about lust. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Do people still lust? 
Yeah. Okay. So so this has a modern day implication, mm -hmm. right? He's talking about maybe he's talking about stealing. Yes. Maybe he's talking about faith, right? Okay. Do I see this type of scenario taking place today? Mm -hmm. you, you, you're reading and you see Herod abusing his power and having a preacher thrown in jail, John mm -hmm. the Baptist, right? Does that kind of stuff still happen, right? Is, do, do, do ungodly leaders uh, abuse their power? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do, right? So we could see modern day parallels or modern day implications from the text, mm -hmm. right? So this is the part that might be the hardest for some people. Um, to, to see, because you're reading it and you don't really know what's going on, but you have to start pulling out like maybe some themes. You guys, if you guys can hear that, that the air show's going on. And so the, it's like, there's a choppa going over us right now. Um, <clears throat> but when you're reading a piece of whatever, whether it's a New Testament, Old Testament, you, when you're asking, what is this about? Mm -hmm. What is this about? You can get so lost in the details that you lose the big picture, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Oh, this is this is about governmental overreach. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is about right worship. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is about ethics and morality. Oh, mm -hmm. this is about faith. When you can make that kind of judgment on a text, now all of a sudden it becomes way more meaningful yeah. to, to, to you as a person, yes. right? This is how people can say, when I'm preaching, and, and man, that text from Ezra, it just made so much sense for our day and age mm -hmm. or, oh my goodness, I've read that text so many times, but I never realized how, you know, mm -hmm. how much I needed it or something like right. that. That's because I've done that work to, to bring our current context, our current issues, right? The, the principles, mm -hmm. it's the same principles. Yep. God's made the world the same way. Right. It's the same principles. I'm, I'm just, I find a principle in that text and then I say, oh yeah, that, here's how that principle works mm -hmm. in today and age. So all of this is under observation, yes. right? You're just asking, we all know who, what, when, where, how, why. Like we, we ask all those questions, right? Yeah. Of any text, you can ask those questions in the observing mm -hmm. um, section. And then you get to the I. So mm -hmm. O, observe, I, interpretation. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're, we're trying to determine what the passage means. Mm -hmm. What does this mean, mm -hmm. right? And this is where you're like, I have no idea what this means. <laughs> Guys, I remember when I was a young Christian <clears throat> and I was like the parable of the 10 virgins or whatever. And there's these different parallels or these different um, parables. And I'm like, <laughs> I was, and all I had was like, I think I had a, a new living translation study Bible and I could not. And I just assumed the more time I spent, me and my buddies would sit around and talk about it. We'd come up with all kind of bizarre, um, you know, interpretations of this thing. Cause I was just like, what does it mean? But what does it mean? And I, I kept trying to find the meaning in my own brain. Yes. Yeah, right. Right. In my own heart. And mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't figure out the meaning of it. Right. And so if you hit that, if you hit that, that roadblock, what are you supposed to do? Well, first, I would say Scripture interprets Scripture, right? And so a lot of the parables Jesus explicitly interprets later on, right? This, this, this is what this means. This is what this points towards. And so looking for those, I think, is a great first step. I do think it's also appropriate um, to seek out, well, pastors and good, solid biblical resources like commentaries, recognizing that they're also trying to interpret scripture, right? And so there can be, you have to have resources that you trust, but I think it's, it's appropriate at a certain stage to start turning towards those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's the reminder that uh, the unclear should always be interpreted by the, the clearer. Mm -hmm. So when you come to a passage, it's a little bit mm -hmm. unclear. Yeah. We're allowing scripture to then to to really help us to a clearer passage, maybe to help us to interpret an unclear passage. Mm -hmm. So we'd always want to lean towards the clearer as a way to understand maybe an under an unclear passage. And one way to do that is there's a uh, 
treasury of scripture knowledge. I don't know if you're familiar with oh, that. Yeah. That's a that's a it used to be just a book, but now it's online, and you can go to every single verse in the Bible, and it'll show you f- over over the years. And again, this these are these are uh, men who had studied scripture that they found other scriptures that might help to understand a particular passage or a particular verse. You can. Go there, plug in whatever book you're in, basically the address of the verse that you're working on, and look at other passages that may relate to this particular passage. And, you know, I'd say probably 75% of the time that will help bring clarity to that maybe something that you don't understand in that particular particular verse. So that's a that's an example of the of the scripture interpret scripture, the clearer always having, always trumping, if you will, the unclear passage in order to, to understand the meaning of that mm-hmm. passage. Yeah. So when you're observing the text and you're asking all a bunch of questions, um, what does this mean? Who is this written for, written to? What is this, you know, the, some of these questions that you ask, you won't be able to answer on your own. No. You won't be able to answer on your own. You need some outside help. Yes. And some of these you I, you don't want to try to come up with an interpretation. Like, just ask the Holy Spirit and just start coming up. Yeah. Because that's like giving a novel to a, a young child and say, what do you think this means? And Isn't that how some people dance with snakes? Yeah, some people can wind up dancing with snakes, and, and uh, yeah, they can wind up doing some, some weird things like that. Um, or marrying, having polygamy and, mm. you know, all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> there's, there's lots of... of ways this goes wrong. But pastors are here for you. And so I love to get texts and questions and emails about, hey, what is this passage about? And yeah. sometimes I don't know. I'm like, I haven't studied that passage. Right. I'll have to go right. I'll have to go study that mm-hmm. in, in more detail. Um, so if you if you hit a troubling passage, one of the things you can do is you can go like we've been through quite a few books of the Bible. If 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 I've preached on it, you can go and find find it in our library on our website, and mm-hmm. you can go listen to see how I've dealt with it on the in there. Yeah. You can reach out and you can buy some commentaries, um, but you should look at your study Bible. This is some they can all of those things can help you um, as you are trying to understand how to interpret that that section. Now, listen, when we say Scripture interprets Scripture, another part of that is scripture doesn't contradict itself. So if you ever come to like, if you're ever like, man, I'm reading James, and it seems like we're saved by our works. Right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Scripture interprets scripture. Scripture never contradicts itself. Mm -hmm. And so when he says faith without works is dead or faith without works is useless and we're justified by faith and works, we got, again, what, what kind of, why is he saying that? What's, what kind of, uh, opposition is he getting? What kind of issues is he seeing in the church that he's writing to address? But then he references the Old Testament, which is good. So then it, it's interpreting itself. Yeah, he's yeah. Re- representing, or he, he re- references mm-hmm. Abraham. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one in other parts of Scripture, we're told that Abraham was justified by faith, mm-hmm. and then there he's like, "Well, he, yeah, he was justified by faith, but not a not a dead faith, because how did you see his faith?" Mm-hmm. He circumcised his son. Mm-hmm. So he was saved through his works too. Yeah. So basically he's saying we are saved by a living faith yeah. and not a dead faith. Yeah. But you can read it. At, like Martin Luther read that book. Martin Luther wanted to get rid of James. <laughs> yes, he did. It frustrated him so bad he wanted to get rid of James, the whole book of James. He was like, get rid of it. Yeah, yeah because he saw it as legalism. He, he saw it as, as um, a middle ground to... The free gospel of grace that he found in Romans. Yeah, you can you can kind of see how his own story, in yeah. one sense, really helped, caused him to struggle with the, the with the God, or with, with James purely because he had he had wrestled so long trying to work so hard to please God, mm-hmm. and then when he finally came to the gospel of grace, he then realized you know he he had a hard time with James yeah. because of his yeah. own story. Yeah, yeah. So when you're trying to interpret, most of your conclusions here, listen again, your conclusions are not the word of God. So right. I've, got, I've came to so many different conclusions in the 25 years I've been a Christian, yeah. and a lot of them were wrong. Yeah. My early days, a lot of them were wrong. So this is not, uh, you know, written in stone. This is, this is your, your work at interpreting the text. And so what I, re- what I recommend is you observe, you interpret, and then you go and you study the context. Yeah. Now, to study the context, you're going to need at, at at minimum, you're going to need a study Bible yeah. where you can go like in, in a uh, ESV study Bible. You can go, if you're studying the book of James, you go and 
before the book of James starts, there's usually five or six pages in a study Bible mm -hmm. all about author, date, purpose, occasion of the writing. And you can read through some of these notes to get a better understanding of the context that James is writing into. And then you can read the, 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 the scholar notes on the passage of scripture that you're, that you're dealing with. And what this is going to do is this is this gives you a check and a balance for your interpretation. Mm -hmm. So you've came up with your interpretation. Now you're going to check it against the scholars as they're referencing source material. They're going to know the context. They're going to know they're going to be studying an original language. They're going to be doing a lot of work that, that you just that you can't do. So that's at a minimum. Um, you know, I have Logos Bible software, so I can literally go and at, at a minimum, I study three or four different commentaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, on a pa any passage of scripture that I'm studying, I, I, at a minimum, I, st I study three or four. Yeah. And all it does is, now listen, you might notice things that the scholars didn't notice. I mean, that, that happens. Mm -hmm. But if, you're, if your interpretation is, you know, oh, I'm justified by my works, then you've come to a wrong conclusion. Yes. And the, the scholars, if they're good scholars, let's just say that too, because mm -hmm. um, anybody that can basically write a commentary, and so there are good commentaries and there are bad commentaries. Yes. <clears throat> then you, but you check your work against a trusted scholar and you say, oh man, I'm way off here. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. And often what happens is you will notice something that you didn't see from the texts. They'll have another observation. Oh, oh, he's referencing verse three. I didn't think about verse three. Oh, he's referencing the Old Testament. I didn't think about that. Oh, that brings so much context. Yeah. One of the most fascinating discoveries I found even this year as I was studying the Jesus' first temple cleansing was the Levitical law that the priest would walk in and if he found any uncleanness in a house, like mold or anything, he would inspect it and they'd all have to move out. They'd clean the whole house and then they had to live away for a little while and if he, the priest had to come back a second time and he, if he found mold still there, then the commandment was to tear the whole house down brick upon brick. Yeah. And that brought new light to Jesus cleansing the temple twice mm. and then mm. the temple ultimately being destroyed, destroyed. because that, yeah. that unclean... Yep. uncleanliness was still found in the, in the temple. Yeah. So scholars are going to help you pick up on that stuff. They're going to help you not go too far, uh, far off on your interpretation mm -hmm. yeah. of the text. And so original context is key. Here, here's one principle. The Bible, like the, 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 the Bible, I, oh, how do I say this? I want to say it and then I might, you might have to correct me. <clears throat> The Bible can't mean something to you that it didn't mean to its original hearers. Right. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, the only way that that can be tweaked is Jesus does fulfill things that they didn't foresee, right? Right. But if, you know, if God says, if, if the scripture says God hates divorce, it doesn't mean you read some, you figure out some way, somehow, oh, we're, un, we're saved by grace now and not work. So God doesn't care about divorce. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, what? No, yeah. you, you, you can't do that. Yeah. God's opinions don't change. God doesn't change. He's not a man that he should lie. And so um, we have to find out what did this mean to its original hearers? Mm -hmm. This is why I think the easiest way where this goes wrong is like the book of Revelation. Mm. You know, we interpret all these different things as helicopters and, and uh, listen, if it didn't mean that to its original audi audience, then it does. It can't mean that for us. Right. It can't mean that for us. Okay. There, he wasn't writing some kind of code book that couldn't be understood until 2000 years later. Right. Now all of a sudden we have helicopters and we know what those little flying beasts are. Right. right? No, right? No, we have to, again, let scripture interpret scripture Alex, did that crack you up, dude? Or what? <laughs> He's laughing over I here. I lost it, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so it's funny, I just got to laugh. It can't mean something to you that it didn't mean to its original hearers. Right. So we have to understand what it meant to its original hearers. That's good. Okay? And then, <clears throat> anything else you guys have on context? I think the only thing with, that I would add to the context is it's okay if you you make a mistake. And, yeah. Uh, it, I... I will study a passage and try not to use commentaries initially just so I can don't want to be influenced by that. Mm -hmm. And I'll come up with, I think what I understand the meaning of the passages, and then I'll go to the commentaries and realize, oh, no, I was, I, I missed things. I just simply mm -hmm. missed uh, maybe something that was within the text itself. I misunderstood a word or the relationship, some words and everything of that nature. 
and I've done that in preparation for preaching. You know, so it's it the best of us, and I'm not calling myself the best, but the, you know, the best. I'm sure if we got the best in here, they would say the same thing that they have they have needed someone else to bring some correction mm-hmm. to their understanding and uh, they you know so it's it's a humbling it's it's a kind of humbling yeah. well, it's, it's but good. i think too even with that like you don't want to be a stiff neck people if you do get corrected you know mm-hmm. do your research and then of course go, oh, i'm sorry that that was on me right. i misread that or yeah. I, I shouldn't have applied that in my home or i shouldn't have did this you know so that that way of course everyone can see that that repentance yeah. and sure. all the things uh, sure well proverbs says there's wisdom in many counselors yeah, yeah there you go and we need to have you know, we need to have trusted scholars and, mm-hmm. and the church fathers and church history and how did the origin how did the original church or the early church interpret yeah. interpret this passage, mm-hmm. right? And that helps us when it comes to interpretation. So again, just like riding a bike, just like learning a craft, the more you do it, the more familiar you get with it. You know, like the Bible, it is inspired by God, but it's also kind of a tool. And if you you know, if you are good with a hammer, you know, the more you use that hammer, the better you get with it. You put a hammer in a little kid's hand and he's going to smack himself in the head with it. He's not going to be precise. But if you put it in a craftsman's hands, right, he's going to do things with it you you didn't even know could be done, right? And so the Bible is like that. The more time you spend with it, the better you're going to get with it. Yeah, that's good. You know, and, and... the more, again, the more it's just going to open up to you and you're going to see connections and you're going to see Old Testament allusions. And when you're, you're see, you, oh yeah, that he uses blood there and you're going to go back and look at blood in the Old Testament. You're, oh yeah, he's talking about the, the, you know, the robes of the priests and he's going to go back. Oh, that reminds you of something from Leviticus or wherever. Mm-hmm. Or that reminds me from a prophecy in Jeremiah and you're going to go back and you're going to, you're going to read that and it's just going to open up and mm-hmm. give you, give you more riches. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we've observed the text. We've asked all the questions that we knew to ask. We've answered to the best of our ability. Then we've kind of compared our notes with some scholars and we've studied the context. The last um, part, the last part of this rubric is application, mm-hmm. right? What does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. Like, what what does this mean for me today? Mm-hmm. Um, and man, we can. Um, Again, I think it's easiest to say there's there's some passages that are just gonna be so easy. Yeah. Right? Parents don't provoke your children to anger. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean for me today? Well, that means I need to think about what I've done the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Have I provoked my children to anger unnecessarily? Mm-hmm. Do I need to repent of my sins? Yeah. So big picture wise, there's there's uh, three things that you can do from any passage of scripture. One, repent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when you're asking, apply, what does this passage want me to believe, right? What is it wanting me to do? Is it wanting me to repent? Oh man, I've messed up. I need to repent to my wife. I yeah. need to repent to my kids. I need to repent to my coworkers. I need to repent to my neighbor, whatever, you're right? That's an application. Now this is like cookies on the bottom shelf. The problem is this is where scholars miss it. Scholars can tell you all the original context, all the details upon details, but then they're reading it just as a literary critic and not as the living God speaking to them that's saying, actually, no, bro, you know the, yeah, you're going to be judged to a stricter measure because you know exactly what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And yet, what are you doing about it? Take the word and apply it to your heart. What do I need to repent of? All right. And then go and do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the next thing is like, what does so repentance and faith. What does what do I need to believe? And this is this opens up so much for me because I'm like, I just read, um, I think it's Psalm 18 this morning, that you get to the end of it and it says, and the psalmist writes, that you rescued me because you delighted in me. Mm. It's like whoa, yeah. you rescued me because you delighted in me. Yeah. That God delights in us. Mm. God delights in us. And what do I need to do? I need to believe that God is pleased with me. Now, ultimately, I know he's pleased with me because of Christ, but he's also pleased with, with me because through Christ, I am his son, and he's pleased with me because I'm his son. Mm-hmm. And he de- that means he delights in me. So, wow, I've confessed my sin, I've turned from my sin, I've trusted in Christ, and now God delights in me. Mm-hmm. I need to believe that about God. Yep. 
He's not cruel. He's not mean. He's not holding out on me. He's not a big curmudgeon in the sky, right? He's not pernicious, and he's not like all the other lowercase g gods of the, of the world. Mm-hmm. Our God is delightful and delights in what, he, what he's made. Yep. Lord, help me believe that today, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, I'm praying through this part of application. Yep. Mm-hmm. This part of application is really prayer and action. It's where theology is meant to come out our fingertips. Mm-hmm. Like it's meant to be like when you drink water and then, it's, and then you, you, you start sweating and that, that water comes out of you, that's what's meant to happen in your Bible study. Mm-hmm. You're consuming it and then it's meant to start coming out of you. Yeah. You're meant to be expressed. Why do you think it's uh, so hard for a lot of those, those head knowledge guys to actually be able to apply um, and then you got the other people that um, actually apply, but then they don't read as much. Nah, you know? <laughs> I don't believe in that person. <laughs> so I, I think it's hard for anybody to apply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think intellectual types, they like, it's just like a, it's, it's, it's a fascination for them. It's, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a Rubik's cube to solve. It's a puzzle to solve. They want to know the truth. They want to figure things out. But once it gets, I mean, We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? We all have idols in our life. And so I think repentance, there is, repentance isn't easy for anyone. Yeah. You know, so when it gets to applying it to my life, oh man, if I really believe this text, it means I really actually lost that argument with my wife last night. Mm. Like she was actually right. I was actually wrong. I actually got to go <laughs> repent. I want to admit that they're wrong, huh? <laughs> yeah. We don't want to admit we're wrong. We don't want... Uh, we know that growth and grace is death to our flesh. And so that never feels good, right? Repenting, owning things. So I think, uh, I think applying scripture is incredibly difficult mm. for us all, mm-hmm. right? And you can't apply what you don't know. Right. So, you know, theoretically, a guy could be listening to the word or something and not reading the word, but, you know, how much you retain, I don't know. Mm. You need, you can't apply what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So you got to know it first. And the guys that know it doesn't mean that they apply it. Yep. Right? So repent, repentance, faith. What do I need to believe? And then obedience. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do? Right? Yep. And that, that can go in a million different ways. That might mean you read the scripture that we're commanded by God to make the 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 most use of the time before the days are evil. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I've been I've been wasting a lot of time on Netflix and stuff mm-hmm. lately. And God's called me to make the most use of the time. So I repent for for squandering the, the most precious gift God's given any of us, which is time. The mo- the only unrenewable resource on the planet is time mm-hmm. for us. Um, mm-hmm. I've been squandering it. I need to repent. What do I need to believe? I need to believe that God's got a plan. God's got a mission for my life. I need to believe and trust in that. What do I need to do? Maybe I need to get a day planner. <laughs> right. Maybe I need to get, maybe I need to, to do something more difficult. Maybe I need to sign up for some classes. Maybe I need to join a Bible study. Maybe yeah. I need to wake up early and study the Bible, right? Every text though, you've got these questions. And then there's a, always a question I always throw in there or the last response is, and, and is how does this text point to Jesus, yeah. right? How does this text point to mm-hmm. Jesus? And some of those you're gonna you're gonna be like I don't know how it points to Jesus, you know. But some of them you, you'll it'll it'll open that last question will open up the text uh, in a totally new way. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> to go get back you digging for sure. Yeah, get you <laughs> yeah. digging. So, but again, I want to be careful. So when just because Jesus, um, you know, Jesus at the end of Luke, when he brings his disciples to the scriptures and he. And he takes him to the Old Testament. He shows how Moses and the prophets, and they all pointed to him. Mm-hmm. So he's the point. That doesn't mean that that's the only point of all those scriptures. So with David and Goliath, ultimately David and Goliath points to Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate David who mm-hmm. kills the ultimate Goliath, Satan, sin, death, right? He yeah. conquers it all. And he's ultimately victorious. And But there's that doesn't mean that God still doesn't call me to... Mm-hmm. have faith like David yep. and have boldness like David and have courage like David and potentially even conquer some kind of giants, right? Like Goliath, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not, so you can, <clears throat> you can make the text all about me 
and then do harm to the text. Mm -hmm. But you can also make the text so much about Jesus mm -hmm. that you're doing harm to the text. Because you're not doing anything with that text. Yeah. Jesus what? already did. Jesus <laughs> did it. Means nothing for me. I'm just gonna sit here and eat Cheetos. Yeah. Right? If that's your answer, then then you're not you're not applying the text. Yeah. Right? He wants you to do more than see that. Right. Would you say there's a is there any kind of difference between what you might call personal application and corporate application? And by that, I mean... You asked the question. You're going to have to answer that one. Well, I, I, I don't have the answer. I was just, just thought what do you mean by What do you mean by corporate ap application? So I think, what does the scripture tell me as an individual believer to believe and to do? And then, how does the scripture call us, the community of faith, to live and to act? Yeah, why? Well, if you hit the individual, you would think that it would affect the community, sure. right? Sure. Yeah, I think I've, leaders would ask the second question, mm -hmm. I think. I think leaders would ask the second question. Sure. So the first question is the individual question, right? Mm -hmm. And then you could say, so one of the questions, when we go through the story of God in missional communities, one of the questions, what, what, if this text is true, if this mm -hmm. story is true, what would it mean for you? Mm -hmm. Okay, and then mm -hmm. people answer those questions. And then they say, if this story is true, what would it mean for this community? Mm -hmm. Oh, we'd be radically welcoming of outsiders. Mm -hmm. Oh, we'd be real. We'd be, we'd serve each other as a way of life. Mm -hmm. Oh, we would be on mission to those. And so you see corporate implications of the text. Sure. Uh, that's true, but that was going to be, I would say, MC leaders, sure. pastors, teachers. They're going to say, if we really believe this, then our church would look like this. Mm -hmm. Our group would look like this. That's good. It's 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 all good. <clears throat> But for the, or you know what you could do, mothers and fathers, if our family believed this, yeah. this is what our home would feel like. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is what it would feel like around our dinner table. This is what we would celebrate. This is what we would mock. This is what we would condemn. This is what we'd hate yeah. if, if mm -hmm. we were a family that believed the scripture. Yeah. That's good. I think the only other time I could see it, an individual is if they were using that as a grid to determine whether or not their corporate life was really a corporate life. Or mm. in other words, you could be in a church where you're studying the Word of God and you're realizing, wow, our church does none of this. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm not in the right place. So, mm. you know, there might be a, a moment when, you know, hopefully maybe some of our listeners who are outside of maybe our, our body uh, and they're in a church that they, you know, are kind of wondering whether or not uh, they should be there or not. Scripture might be able to give them some pretty good direction there in terms of whether they should be part of that corporate body or not. Yeah, yeah that's sure. a good point. That's a good point. Okay, that's the OICA method of studying Scripture. Observe, interpret, context, apply. All right? Yep. Pretty simple little rubric. Hopefully that was helpful to, for, to you. If you guys have any questions on this, you want to go deeper, please email me, justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We would do our best to answer those questions. Guys, we are praying for you. We love you. God bless. Mm -hmm.